You're listening to Power Producers Shop Talk, where we are refining and redefining the sales game by equipping you with the tools you need to differentiate yourself in the marketplace. Well, it's like when we audit the mod with Mod Advisor and are able to give them the action items that they're going to use to lower their total cost of risk. Tactical skills that will help you provide deliverable value to your clients and prospects. It's going to be a great year in 2022 at Florida Risk Partners now that IPFS is in the game with their total pay strategy, we can write excess and surplus lines and completely remove the agency bill from our agency. People, if you're not using total pay by IPFS, you're definitely leaving money on the table. And action items that you can provide to take your prospects and clients to the next level. Having partners like Mineral only bolsters the fact that your clients do not care about the insurance. It's all of the value that you're able to add. And with partners like Mineral who can help with both HR and environmental health and safety, we can't help but win. This is Power Producer Shop Talk. Production redefined. Are you ready to feel the power? What's up, everybody? Welcome to Power Producer Shop Talk, where we are refining and redefining the sales game. And today, listen, today I want to talk about the difference between good and great when you are a salesperson. Doesn't have to be a producer in insurance. You could be selling satellite dishes. You could be selling home remodels. It really doesn't matter. In everything we do, there is a way to make your mark on the relationship and leave a lasting impression for decades to come. You can do things in the sales process that literally will make it to where people will never forget you or the experience you provided. And as I sit back and I look at the things over the course of my career personally, some of the things that I'm the most proud that I've done, it's always taking things that extra step, that extra two minutes, the whole premise of the first book that I wrote. And I thought today I would give you some examples of some of the things that I've been able to do to either close deals or win back upset customers over the course of my career, not limited to the insurance industry. Because I think that if you're like me, you're a little bit visual, you deal better with people telling you stories and giving you examples than simply talking about a concept. And so one of the stories that I can think about off the top of my head is from about nine, 10 years ago, when I was working at the agency I was at prior to Florida Risk, and we had an event in Miami, and we stayed at the Fountain Blue there on South Beach, and this event was specific to people who owned PEOs, because that's what we did. We wrote the master workers comp policies and master package policies for PEOs, and we were there at the National Trade Show in Miami, staying at the Fountain Blue, and we needed to do something to entertain our clients and also our top-tier prospects. And the leadership decided we should rent a yacht. Awesome idea. It was actually a really, really good trip. Rent a yacht, take the yacht around the bay, 
went around the island with all the celebrities, multi-million dollar homes, had a great dinner, had great drinks, and at the end, everybody went to the upper deck where the air was, you know, wind was blowing. It was nice. It was late September, early October. Had a nice breeze and just sat and shot the breeze, talked. And you would think that that's a lasting and memorable experience. Except I took it one step further. See, nobody necessarily included me in the planning of that part, but I knew well enough that they weren't going to think of what I thought of because it had been proven time and time again. And I decided that if you were going to be on the upper deck of a yacht in Miami, cruising around multi-million dollar celebrities' homes, male or female, you got to have a flipping cigar, man. You got to have a good Cuban cigar to shoot the breeze with your after-dinner drink on the upper deck of a yacht. And so that's exactly what I did. I got two boxes of the nicest cigars you can imagine, Arturo Fuente Opus X, and I handed them out after dinner. I walked around, you like a cigar, you like a cigar, you like a cigar. When we got back to the host hotel at Fountain Blue, and we were disbanding for the conference literally a couple of days later, it was interesting to me because these people had been on a multi-million dollar yacht. But what they said was, man, what a great cigar we had that night. There's nothing like having a cigar on the top deck of the boat while we were cruising around the bay. And they're going to associate that with our brand. Now, you would think that having that yacht was enough, but by taking it just and pushing it just ever so slightly further, that's where the impact happened. That's where you make the biggest difference. So I think one way that you build the lasting impression on people is by literally thinking of something and going to a level everybody else doesn't think of or isn't willing to go. Another great way that you can make a lasting impression on this, in this case, maybe even an upset client is with some level of humor. If you can humble yourself to the point that you can be humorous and a little bit self-deprecating that carries a lot of mileage and you can erase a scowl and turn it into a smile relatively quickly. I had the opportunity to do this a myriad of times when I was in the grocery industry specifically. And I'll never forget the time that I got called from the back of the store all the way up to the front. They, they never call you when you're in the front of the store. They never come see you when you're standing right there. They wait until you get all the way to the back in the stock room or letting the people take the trash out, and then you get called to the front. Because it's obvious, right? That's the furthest place from the front, so that's why they're going to wait till you get there. Sarcasm intended. And I come up front, and back in those days, even today, I mean, I'm a, I'm a pretty tall dude. I've got a long stride. I can cover some ground pretty quickly when I'm walking. But I walk all the way up to the front of the store, and when I turn the corner at aisle one, and I look over to that service desk, that lady was going a mile a minute. She's slapping her hand, pounding her fist, every single thing that she could do to give me a warning that I probably didn't want to talk to her when I got up there. But that's the nature of the beast, and we know what we're dealing with. And I think part of it, too, is you know you're going to deal with upset people every day, so you have to go in knowing that. And when you do, 
you're mentally and physically and emotionally prepared to deal with it. So I got up and I didn't even get, I, I probably was still five steps away and she started, she saw me, started in on me. I can't believe what kind of operation you're running here, blah, 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 blah. She goes, look at this. Look at this pack of steaks. So I said, yes, ma'am. Well, I looked at the pack of steaks and here's the reality of the matter. It was a constant battle in the grocery industry to get the people who cut the meat to stop propping open the door to the cutting room so that the temperature would warm up. It's cold for a reason, and that's to keep bugs out. And so what would happen is you'd have these old school meat cutters. Half of them had a cigarette dangling out of their mouth while they were cutting meat until I had to fire a couple people and teach them a lesson there. But they would go and they would wedge something under the door, keep the door open, the temperature would come up, and flies would end up coming into the meat department, which doesn't seem like a big deal, maybe. It seems like a big deal to me, and it's an even bigger deal when they're crawling on stakes, and it's an even bigger deal when they're crawling on stakes that are going through an automatic wrapping machine, and they get trapped in the package. And that's what had happened here. This lady had bought a pack of ribeyes, nice pack of steaks, you know, back in that, that time, they were probably 12 bucks. <laughs> Today, they'd be about double that. But she told me, she goes, what are you going to do about this? What are you going to do? Look at that. There are flies in my steak package. And I looked at her with the straightest face I possibly could. And I said, well, I'll tell you what. I'm going to make sure that you're taken care of and that we get you some brand new steaks. But the first thing I'm going to do is I got to go to my meat department. I've got a problem. She's like, yeah, you're right. You got a problem. You better take care of it. I said, oh, I am. I'm going to fire somebody. She goes, you better fire somebody. I said, yeah, because they didn't charge you for the fly. And the lady absolutely lost it. She couldn't keep it together. See, if you know how to deliver that, if you know when the right punches should be thrown, you can actually disarm somebody with humor in that way. And guess what happened? She had bought two steaks. I gave her four. That's it. I let her expect the package for flies, explained to her what happened, told her it wouldn't happen again. You know, I'd do my best to make sure of that. And I gave her a package of four steaks, a couple of baked potatoes, and I think maybe even a bottle of red wine or whatever. Maybe she didn't drink and I gave her like some soda or something. But regardless, I gave her what she needed for her entire freaking meal. Did it cost me extra money to do that? It absolutely did. But do you know what else happened from that? She went and told other people what we did for her. She sent other people to our agency or our store rather as a result of me going up there, not being willing to settle for the status quo, pushing the envelope a little bit, actually taking a little bit of risk I could get in trouble and then solving the problem. I think the same thing holds true with marketing. One of the cool things I used to do, is funny, uh, back when I was in the grocery business, we used to be able to order lobsters, live lobsters. We had a lobster tank in the store. And it's crazy. If you've never been around lobsters, then you don't understand this, but they are very, very finicky and the pH cannot get off in that case whatsoever. Because if that tank gets off, all the lobsters die almost instantaneously. Then we had to pull them, steam them, mark them down and sell them. So let me just say, I had a lot of friends who ate a lot of lobster back in those days because it wasn't uncommon for some kid to throw a nickel in the lobster tank, kill all the lobsters, we emergency steam them, and as soon as the seafood manager tells me, I run back, buy it all, take it home, and invite my friends over for a little lobster fest. <laughs> but one of the things I used to do to try and sell lobsters was you had the ability to order special sizes. And there was a time when I went in and I ordered a six pound lobster. I don't know if you've ever seen a six pound lobster or not, but it is the size of a small dog. 
And I decided that I was going to take that and use it to my advantage. So I got a six pound lobster and I wrapped a leash around its neck. And on Friday and Saturday, I walked it up and down in limited time so we could get it, you know, cleaned up and back in the case. But I would walk it up and down my front end. And everybody was looking at this massive lobster that I was walking around with. And what did he do? It forced him to stop, talk to me, engage in conversation, ask questions. I could share things with them, ask them how they were doing and all of that. We can translate all of this into insurance, every single ounce of it. Do you know one of the things we do here at Florida Risk Partners that I feel like was probably a pretty good idea? Number one, we're, we're our slaves to our brand. We are going to stay in that blue and gold no matter what we're doing. So when we bring a new client on, we have a welcome kit that we give them inside of a box, very similar to what we give to our guests when they're uh, guests on the podcast. And inside that box are a couple of items, three things. Whatever the flavor of the month t-shirt is, I try and, and release several different types of t-shirts over the course of the year, whichever the most recent is, we put that in, in their size because we just want brand recognition out there and we get pretty good reviews that our t-shirts are really comfortable. So people like to wear them. That helps me. They get a comfortable t-shirt. I get free advertising. We do a blue and gold ceramic coffee mug. And in that we fill chocolate covered espresso beans in a gift bag. Then the last thing we give is a Tervis tumbler with our logo on a sewn patch inside the plastic and a lid on it. And that Tervis tumbler is filled with blue and gold gummy bears. Now, when our producers drop those packages off, we tell the client, look, we understand that this coffee mug only holds so much and this Tervis tumbler only holds so much. So our deal to you is when you run out of espresso beans, when you run out of gummy bears, all you got to do is shoot me a message, pop me a text, whatever, and we will come back and replenish your stock. What does that do? Number one, it lets our client know we appreciate them because we gave them a gift and they actually enjoy it because they consumed it. But number two, it forces them to allow us to get in front of them when we bring them refills. And it's a natural conversation. It's not business because at the end of the day, when the insurance is placed, when total cost of risk is identified and the action plan is being executed, that's time for you to be focusing solely almost on building that relationship and keeping things on the rails because that's where retention starts. When you get somebody onboarded, you start your retention process immediately. And the relationship is a huge portion of that. So think about that. Think about the things that you could do. And I know we have some things that we have to be careful of with rebating and everything else. But at the end of the day, think about the things you could do that are going to leave a lasting impression on your clients and prospect. I'm going to give you a hint. It's not a courier or knives Christmas calendar co-branded with your carrier. Think of something unique. Think of something that has your signature on it. Think about something that makes you stand out and different. And I am looking forward to hearing your stories. There's a guy, Justin Spettle, that was on the podcast. And when he was done, he sent me one of his swag things, and it was a pizza cutter. And he said, David, this is the best pizza cutter you will ever use. Use it and tell me if you agree or disagree. And he goes, and then I'll tell you the story behind why I do it. Well, guess what? I'm going to bring Justin back on the podcast because I want him to talk about why he uses pizza cutters. Stephen Sedlak wrote a book on the work comp effect. He hands it out. It's a value add. It's something that is educational and informative to a prospect that also establishes his credibility and expertise in the arena of workers' comp. Why in the world wouldn't you hand that out? 
There are so many things you can do to be creative. And as we move into the springtime, when trade shows are going to ramp up, when opportunities to speak in public are up, in the hard market where more and more people are shopping, how you differentiate and present yourself in the marketplace is going to be paramount. I know the examples I gave you today aren't direct correlations, but there are certainly examples inside the insurance industry of things we can do to make ourselves unique. And I can't wait to hear the stories that you share. And if you've got a good one, shoot it to me on email. You never know. You may be the next guest on The Power Producers. For everybody out there, we appreciate you listening to us. Have a minute. Do me a favor. Would you go to iTunes or wherever you listen and just give us a like and a rating, please? Maybe leave a comment. We don't ask for it all the time. I kind of feel bad having to grovel for it, but my goodness, for as many downloads as we get on this podcast every month, we certainly aren't getting enough feedback on the platforms, good, bad, or otherwise. Give us a rating. We, you know, if you don't like us, we'll try and make you. If you do like us, we're going to make you love us. We'll catch you in a couple of weeks. See ya. been listening to power producers shop talk you can follow us at the power producers podcast on facebook and instagram and if you want to take your game to the next level check out our commercial insurance training course at killingcommercial.com or visit amazon to pick up a copy of our international best-selling book the extra two minutes